no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' week three victory over the Atlanta Falcons and much more. Hey, Doug. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, Press? How are you, man? Man, I'm fired up over here, bro. Another oh. win. Club oh, Dub oh. is back open. <laughs> yes, sir. Club Dub is back open. And I'll tell you one thing, hey, Dub. And we're going to get into this in this episode. But our boy Mitch got pulled in this ball game. We got a lot to unpack today, listeners. But before we get into this episode, I'm gonna crack open my beer. Ah, my week three victory brew. What you over there drinking? I'm drinking my Prohibition pills from Kins Lager Brewery. What you about to crack open, bruh? Oh, the same thing, but Chicago Common style. I love that Chicago Common style, bro. But man, before we get into this episode, we gotta do a shout out. To the legend, Gail Sayers. Rest in peace, Gail. Yes, sir. Rest in peace, Gail Sayers. Uh, number 40, if anyone don't remember, uh, but Gail Sayers was drafted number, um, number four overall in the 1965 draft. Uh, he's a legend in Chicago, a Hall of Famer. I mean, most people remember that six-touchdown game. Um, that rookie season was fantastic where he had 22 TDs, 2,272 all-purpose yards as a rookie for an NFL record at that time frame. So, this guy is a legend, um, and rest in heaven to him. I agree with that 100%. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He had an a injury-shortened uh, career. But could you imagine what Gil Sears could have done if we had the type of sports medicine that we have today back then when he tore his ACL? Because he was not able to come back from that injury. But we have guys now in the league, they'll tear their ACL the next season. They're back at it. Gil Sears, though, I mean, his skill set back then – kind of compliments how the players play now. I mean, that guy, what did he say, uh, A-Dub? All he needed was 18, uh, 18 inches of, of space? Right. All he needed was 18, yep, 18 inches. All he needed. Man. And I, and obviously, A-Dub and I, were younger, so we didn't get to see him play live. But obviously, any of us have seen these highlights of him over the years. My God, that guy was dangerous with that football in his hands, man. <laughs> oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And I mean... I mean, like you said, his career, 68 games. I mean, he had 48 TDs in that time span. I mean, look, this guy meant what he said. Just give me 18 inches of daylight. <laughs> and that's yep. all I need. So um, that's the famous quote. I love it. And um, I'm going to miss that legend. Rest in peace to you, brother. The Bears got that W for you. We won it for 40. A-Dub, 30-26 victory over the Atlanta Falcons. This team, the Cardiac Bears, they don't make it easy for us. As I've told you on previous episodes, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it the whole season. 
I'm going to probably pass out of a heart attack. Um, so listeners, if for some reason A-Dub records this podcast alone, you know that I've transitioned in life and I have moved on to heaven. And you can thank the Bears for Prez not being on this podcast anymore because I don't know how much more I'm going to be able to take of these close games. This shit is <laughs> out of hand. <laughs> man, they are close, man. They're coming down to the wire too, man. Uh, it's been very interesting three games, but you know what? I'm glad to say we're on the 3-0 and side of the table other than 0-3. That's exactly it, man. That's exactly it. So looking at this game, because there's a lot for us to unpack in this ball game. You know, we, we had the decision there that Nagy made uh, to, to bench Mitch uh, in the second half. We'll definitely get into that. But for you, A-Dub, what was your uh, your key moment of this ball game? What was your, you know, pl- that moment that you were like, hmm, here comes the boom. Like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, that, that key moment for me, uh, we had a lot of things going wrong in the first half and also even in the second half, right? Even when he made the switch to bring in Foles, just like we had some bad luck going on, right? With Miller dropping the ball. We had uh, the A-Rob situation where he didn't get the touchdown. They called the return. They called the touchback. So I thought the key moment for me was when A-Rob caught the ball and broke a tackle to break away for like a 37 yard touchdown. So I thought to me, that was to say, you know what, we're not, we're on a comeback stream here. Let's go ahead and continue with this here. Thought the guys was all fired up. The team was ready to roll. I thought that was a key moment for the Bears. That's a good one right there too, because that play for our listeners, and a lot of you guys probably agree with A-Dub, that was the catalyst for that comeback. And I thought that was a hell of a play. That was a play where Allen Robinson showed us why he's a wide receiver one. Extend A-Rob. That play right there, I was really proud of him because he definitely redeemed himself from that 50-50 ball, A-Dub, that he yes. lost earlier in the half. Absolutely. So it was good to see that happen. I would say, man, my here come the boom moment is probably going to be what a lot of our fans want to hear us talk about. I am going to talk about the moment that Nagy decided to bench Mitch in favor of, of Nick Foles. Before I get into that, I was listening to the press conference where Mitch talked about the fact that he did not have that conversation with Nagy face-to-face about why he was pulled from the game, but that decision came from Bill Lazor. What were your thoughts on that, A-Dub? When it came to a play like that, whoever told Mitch that he was being benched, to me, doesn't matter. Lazor should have a good relationship with you as well as Nagy. So where it come from Nagy or Lazor, doesn't even matter. Um, Nagy has a game to coach. He's worried about, about those guys who are on the field, who's going to be on the field with Nick Foles. Hey, that's the job at hand. We'll deal with all the other stuff later if it's a problem. But for me, I wasn't too much worried about that. So for you, do you just feel that uh, in, in that situation, you thought that was the correct way to handle it? Because I will say this. You may accuse me of maybe coddling uh, Mitch a little bit because I do like Mitch. Uh, I think the kid is a great kid. And, you know, obviously we probably seen him play his last game as a Chicago Bear if Nick Foles is able to stay healthy. I just think of that situation, I'm looking at it more personally in the sense that I'm imagining my job. If I find out that I'm getting demoted, I kind of want to hear that from, you know, <laughs> you know, my, my, my general. And I don't want to hear that from like a team lead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. But you know what? We can get all that fixed up. And, and, you know, once we get in, you know, in the locker room, we can talk it through a little bit more, you know. But I think at the time frame, hey, we're trying to win. We're, we're down. We're losing. Not a lot of things going well for us. Look, we'll deal with you later, Mitch. We won't need you. We don't have to call him a guy that's four years <laughs> with the team now. He's, he's a big-time quarterback, supposed to be, at this point in your career. And no one's talking <laughs> to nobody right now. I thought we saw more good Mitch in that first half than we saw bad Mitch. I thought that play calling let Mitch down. But Mitch also overthrew a lot of passes. Those sideline routes were good routes where Mitch just sailed the ball. 
And mm-hmm. let's not even talk about that ball to Anthony Miller that should have been a touchdown. We left a lot of points on the field today. We did. And what I also saw, I saw Mitch overthrow some plays, like the big plays. Mitch could not capitalize on the big plays. And that's probably part of the reason they probably got him benched because there were times where I saw Miller beat his man, right? Can we make a big play? And Mitch was missing those passes that were going long. So with that, you got to get a guy in there who can probably can make those long passes. Because Mitch has been very good at making a lot of short passes, 10, 12 yards, you know, things like that. But Keen gets one to make a 20-yard big plays. And I think in this case here today, Mitch wasn't connecting on those. He wasn't. And uh, we, we saw the play that happened where Mitch immediately was pulled from the game. He made a bad read on that throw to Jimmy Graham. He, mis, uh, he misread the defense. Right. And he didn't see it correctly, threw the ball and threw a pick. And at that point, Nagy pulled him out of the game. And I will tell you, A-Dub, at first glance, I questioned the move by Nagy. Mm-hmm. I thought, is this the time to pull the plug on Mitch? Because at this point, I'm thinking, if this doesn't work, you've lost this kid now for the rest of the season. What'd you think? I thought it was the right move. And here's why. The first game, Mitch only had a good fourth quarter. First three quarters didn't look well. So we haven't seen Mitch put together a complete game. Second game, Mitch did well the first half. Didn't do too well the second half. I think the second half of that game against uh, the Giants, who was five for 10, had a couple, maybe an interception there as well. So he didn't look good in the second half. Now comes to this game. He looks decent the first you know, half. Doesn't look great, but looks decent. Um, and then... Second half comes where he started to look like he's going to fade away. And with that bad read was probably enough for Nagy to say, you know what? We had enough looking at you for over three games. You have not put together a full game yet. So it was time to make a change. Whether we're 2-0, 3-0, 0-2, whatever. doesn't matter at this point. We're looking at your play. And right now, what Nagy saw, pretty similar to what we all saw, that at this point, we have not seen Mitch put together a full game. So with that, we decided to make a move, make a change. I think what we saw is we saw a tale of two halves last week, right? We, we talked about that, that fact, and we said, you know what, Mitch? You played <laughs> dynamically in the first half of this game. The second half of that game last week, not so well, right? right. Today's ball game. He played decent. I will say this. I'm a big Mitch guy. However, decently isn't going to win you a Super Bowl. Decently Correct. isn't going to get you to the next level. And while I did question the move of going to Falls, I think Nagy made the right call. Right. What you and I both know is that Foles almost had five touchdowns. Think about that in a short span. He had three in like, what, four minutes or so. But think about this year. He could have had five touchdowns had the A-Rob situation been called correctly and had Miller not missed that catch in the end zone. That's definitely a fair point because those receivers all game long, they let down those quarterbacks. And Nick Foles, they didn't do him any favors either. There were a lot of drops. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, they got to clean that up because that was a huge uh, issue uh, in this ballgame today. You remember we had our buddy Buzz on on the podcast uh, earlier in the season. Remember Buzz's prediction when when he spoke to us? I can't remember his prediction. Remind me what his prediction was. I can't remember offhand. He predicted on our on our show that Nick Foles would be the quarterback uh, week three, that he would basically come in and sub for uh, Mitch. He did say that. And Buzz spot on. Hey, good job, Buzz. Man, I'm going to have to take Buzz to Vegas with me because if he can predict stuff like that, we're going to have to hit that roulette table, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But I will say this, uh, A-Dub. A lot of fans were clamoring for Foles uh, to come into this, the game, I think even after week one. And I thought, okay, guys, you need to pump the brakes a little bit. You know, let Mitch, you know, give him a shot here, right? The coaching staff, 
an organization has been more than fair to Mitch. He's gotten so many chances, so many opportunities. Now it might be time to let someone else get behind that center and see what they can do. Absolutely. So I think for me, that moment was a key moment, not only of the game, but that could be a key moment of the season. If Nick Foles is able to hold down that position and play well, Nagy might have basically saved our season. May have. And the thing is, I'll tell you, in these last two games, look at the first two games, look at this game here, how it ended. One thing I can say is our offense looked very good under Nick Foles this second half. I mean, they look good. I mean, our wide receivers really involved. Our tight end was involved, right? So it's like, really, you know, who knew Graham had to steal in him? You know, I knew, of course, but I know people were questioning about the money he got. So just seeing all this, you know, come to fruition with how Foles really was passing the ball around, I'm pretty excited, you know, going forward, I'm excited if he's going to be in the lineup. Right. And I will say this, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call you out for that Graham thing because, yeah, you were, you were high on Graham. But, man, you got you, you have to be honest, hey, Dub. You, you definitely know he wasn't worth no $16 million, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Tariq Cohen's worth that much, so I can't say what Graham is worth. I mean, he's got two touchdowns today, 60 yards, so uh, I can't yep. say he's not worth that. Uh, have Cohen gotten in the end zone yet? <laughs> well, uh, and, and speaking of which, he won't be getting in the end zone anytime soon because it's been confirmed that uh, Tariq, uh, he tore his ACL, actually, in the ballgame. Yeah, that was tough, man. I'm really sad for him because I do like Tariq Cohen, even though I just made a little joke about him. Um, But that injury was tough. Yeah, it was tough to see. And and the thing about it is the guy was blocked into Tariq when he had his leg planted. And as soon as I saw the replay, I said, okay, he's done for the year. That was tough to see. Yeah, on a fair catch. That's on a fair catch. Yeah, yeah. But a point that a lot of people have been making about these injuries is the fact that these players – probably aren't in football shape at this point. You know, we had very contracted OTAs, uh, you know, a very contracted training camp situation. And we're going to probably see a lot more of these injuries happen over the course of this season. Yeah, we're seeing quite a few of them happen already, you know, even with Saquon Barkley going down. It's just so many guys are now getting caught up with these injuries. And uh, they get hit with the injury bug pretty early in the season at that. And a lot of, like you say, have come through from the fact of how these guys are trained train in the offseason. They're not doing the same training they've done in the past because of COVID. So this has come back to really hurt a lot of players. And you can see some of their routines have been off due to the fact that COVID, how it's impacted their regular workouts. So uh, we're starting to see that. And I feel, I feel really bad for these players on what they're experiencing uh, with these injuries. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this, man. The Bears, man, we are the luckiest 3-0 and team in NFL history because – Everything just seems to be like going our way. I mean, today's game, we end up playing against the Falcons. The Falcons are known to give up leads. How the hell does Dan Quinn still have a job, A-Dub? I have no idea. To blow a couple leads like this year, I mean, last game, blew a lead, blew a lead today. He's probably on a hot seat now, you know, uh, and part of it I can see now really what, what he's doing wrong. And uh, he'll probably figure this out later, but if you don't run the football and run that clock down a little bit and you're still trying to score points, play fast, Sometimes you got to know when to slow the game down. And with him, he's failed to realize that, hey, every play is not for a touchdown. Run some of that clock out when you got a lead like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because in that situation where he gave the Bears the ball back with four minutes left in the game, instead of chucking the clock down, like you mentioned, he called three consecutive pass plays because he was still trying to push the ball down the field. And that Bears defense at that point in the ball game, they they shorted things up. Pagano made some adjustments. (laughs) And mm-hmm. we were a little bit more solid defensively in that situation. Absolutely. We were cooking at that time frame. So him running those, throwing those pass plays, I believe Ryan was what? 
two for 10 at that point um, after those incompletions. And he made two complete ones and then also threw the interception. So it was like he really wouldn't get anything going in the air, but they continued to throw it and it continued to work in our favor. It definitely did. Well, A-Dub, when you look at this game and the game plan, in your opinion, what went well today? Um, I knew we wouldn't get any run going. So I, I realized that Nagy realized we had to throw the ball a little bit more. So I thought him making a change to really bring in um, Bowles to air it out. I thought that was good to see. And with that, it turned into what A-Rob, 10 receptions, 123 yards with a touchdown. So I would take that any day. So I thought A-Rob played a better game when Nick Foles got in that game for sure. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree with you there because, I mean, let's just be honest. Nick Foles, he was able to overcome a lot of mistakes. He was able to overcome the mistakes of the offensive line today. Right. He was able to overcome the mistakes of the wide receivers. They did him no favors. But that shows you a veteran quarterback with poise. Now, Mitch, now, now keep in mind, listeners, I told you guys that I basically was all about Mitch. But you're hearing this from Prez, and I'm telling you guys right now that the performance that, that Nick Foles had in that fourth quarter of that game, he made me shut up. And I love that. And I hope he continues to make me do that for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Here's what Buzz said. Buzz said Buzz was worried about you know uh, Nick Foles getting killed in the back, right? Because of our line, right? Yeah, he um, said deceased. Right, right. <laughs> but guess what? If you're a quarterback like Nick Foles or like Tom Brady or any quarterback who can't run, your job is to get rid of that football quickly. And what you saw from Nick Foles, he was getting rid of that ball very quickly, which I can respect. No, he definitely was. And there was a couple plays, too, A-Dub, where you saw he threw the ball away. That showed you that that veteran, you know, moxie. Because uh, we also saw in the first half of the game where Mitch took a couple sacks for holding on to the ball. While I still think that the old line broke down, we saw Massey have some miscommunications on the line, blocking the wrong person. But there were situations where Nick was holding, I mean, uh, Mitch was holding on to the ball longer than he should have. I think the area that I think when I look at this game that what went well for me was this team, that they just don't quit. And I'm a huge, uh, I, I come at Nagy a lot. I will admit that. I'm sure our listeners probably think the same thing as well. Uh, but however, this guy, he coaches this team up well enough that these guys never think that they're out of a ball game. And I love to see a football team that plays to the end of a ball game. There were times where the fan base, I was looking on, on Bears Twitter today, it was pretty tough like seeing fans' reactions to, to this game. Uh-huh. However, those players, they never stopped believing in themselves. And I'll tell you one thing, Nick Foles, he bailed you out today, Nagy, because he made you look like a genius with that decision. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, these guys, man, came to ball. I mean, like you said, we were down, and I still saw guys over there that wasn't giving up, still felt we had a chance to win. And I guess even with that quarterback change, that maybe add a little more fuel to the fire. I even saw guys on the sideline, you know, showing Mitch Love, like, hey, don't worry, man. I know you got pulled out the game. Keep your head up. And when Foles came in, I saw guys giving Foles some love. So it was like, okay, these guys don't care who's the quarterback. They're going to support any of these guys. And they're going to play together. They're going to support each other. And they're going to go for the win. Yeah, they just want to win. And at the end of the day, A-Dub, that's, that's what this thing is all about. But one thing I wanted our, our listeners to think about with this ball game. Nick Foles led us to 20 unanswered points, and I thought that that was huge. Um, I thought that there were moments in that ball game where he made plays that needed to be played, that needed to be made. You talked about earlier the A Rod play. I thought that was huge, and that really kickstarted things for us. But I also thought there were situations where Nick Foles being back there, quarterback, 
gave the Falcons another look that they hadn't prepared and scouted for. And I think that that's a point that maybe a lot of people aren't even thinking about. They went into this game preparing for, for Mitch. Right. However, they ended up having to face Nick Foles, who's a totally different quarterback. I agree. And one thing I want to make sure our listeners know as well, and they also may have seen the same thing that we see, that Mitch and um, Foles are two different types of quarterbacks. I mean, Mitch is a guy who could grind out a game, a good running, needs a good running game to go along with him. You know, good running game, a grind out type of game that, that goes off the run game first. Run game and then throw some good passes here and there. Um, as you can see with Foles, Foles kind of guy like, look, let's just air it out. <laughs> you know, let's get these guys wide receivers working, get them cooking, and let's see what happens if the chips fall where they're going to fall at. But either way it go, high risk, high reward with that type of uh, play mentality. So you can see that with these two different guys, we have two different types of quarterbacks. And you can see today that the one that worked well today was the one that involves Foles airing it out. So let's look at this on the opposite side of things. What did you like about the game or game plan, A-Dub? I want to go back to our defense. We did give up a lot early. I mean, we ended up down, what, 26 to 10 at one point, right? So I'm going to pick on our uh, our defensive coordinator, uh, Pagano. What I didn't like really was some of, some of our play calling on defense. We were running these um, zone-type plays, and what that did, even our first play was a zone-type play where it really got that big play, right, that big pass that, uh, over the top of Eddie uh, Jackson's um, head. And part of that is because we run this, this this zone kind of a thing. And sometimes when you run zones like that, you're not really guarding the man. And when you're not guarding the man, somehow you can fall asleep back there and the guy can get over the top over you and make a big play. So I will say there were time frames during the game where Pagano was having these defensive assignments where we wouldn't either pressure the quarterback or we allow some guys to get some catches in. Well, to your point, because that's a hell of a point about Pagano, but on that play, Eddie Jackson – he kind of gave up on that play a little bit. Just I'm just being honest. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a big BoJack guy. He, he looked like he gave up a little bit. I don't know. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did. Hey, look, maybe he did. Either way, go miss a sign or whatever, you know, that guy should never got open. Ridley should never got that open. And speaking of Ridley, right, so he's out there balling, five catches, you know, 110 yards, you know what he did. But his brother, Riley Ridley for the Bears, was inactive again today. This is the third week in a row. What's going on with that? Because when they asked Nagy about that this week, he said it was a numbers game. But then we saw that um, Ted Ginn was back active again today. So my thing is, are they not going to use Riley Ridley at all this season? I'm not sure what they're going to do with Riley Ridley. But the thing is, one thing we also noticed is that uh, there's another guy on the team who's getting some game time, our rookie, Darnell Mooney, right? Money Moon. And he's getting key snaps. Exactly. So with that, there are only so much plays you can give to all these guys, really. So you're going to have to make a decision who you're going to go with. And what we're seeing right now, Jen got a chance today. We might see, you know, really get a chance next week, maybe. But the thing is, we have to interact with someone for him to get a shot, right? So um, even with that, I like what we're doing with our three guys. We're allowing Miller to get some catch. Andre, uh, we're allowing Robinson to get the play ball. And we're also allowing Mooney. So what that means is going to be less opportunities for guys like Rick. That's what we're going to see throughout the season. That's what I believe. When I look at this game, what didn't go well for me was Nagy's play calling in the first half. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the penalties. We got so many penalties. Now, I'm not one of these people. I'm not going to blame the refs. But there were situations offensively where we were getting, you know, false starts. We had two false start calls on punts. How the fuck are you false starting on a punt? Like, what what are we doing? Like, that was undisciplined football. We had a couple of those uh, rough-in-the-passer calls. I thought they could have went either way. Yeah. Nevertheless, we had a lot of penalties, eh, Doug? Yeah, we did. We looked a little sloppy out there. And um, you're right. That's all about our. That's part of our preparation. But that does become a factor, penalties. They, they come back to haunt you. They come back to bite you in the butt. 
And I think on certain occasions they did bite us in the butt on some of those penalties. We even had Mac pick up a penalty. So um, yep. they come back on, and bite on, us. The, on, on that offsides. Yeah, I remember. Right. Yep. yep. The, the other area, too, that I want our listeners to probably think about a little bit is the fact that the Bears, we left a lot of points on the field today. A lot. We oh, had, I agree. We had those drops, uh, the drop from Miller. We had the, the A-Rob 50-50 play. We had the missed field goal from Cairo Santos, which people were trying to tell me that it was tipped. A-Dub was a tip. Did you see it get tipped, or did he just miss it? I saw he just miss it. I'll go back and look at it again, but to me, I thought he just missed that play. Uh, he got to do better, <laughs> bottom line. Santos got to do better. Should have missed what, that part. When the hell is uh, Pinero coming back? There has been no answer on him yet, so I think we all still trying to figure out how healthy he is, how well, you know, is he kicking? So we we still we still in the wait time frame right now with him. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, because I know he's eligible to come back next week, but there's still, like you said, there's been no word on like if if that's even a thing with him or not. Right. So right now we're all on a waiting game. Heck, think about this here. When Quinn was hurt, we didn't know until the last minute, right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, so at this point, we won't know if an arrow plan until probably the last minute. Yeah, because you know how Nagy is. He he keeps everything close to the vest, doesn't he? Yeah, very, very good. He don't want to get a deep uh, the opponent's no kind of an edge. Yeah, you know what? I can kind of see that. I, I you know, I, I know I have a lot of times where I come in naggy, but in that sense, yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense to to give anybody an edge. One thing that I wanted to touch on with you is the fact that the Bears today, and this is a reason why I'm a little concerned about this team. A Dub, we faced the Falcons team without Julio Jones, right? Their top option, basically, he had a hamstring injury. He didn't practice at all this week, right? Right. But also, the Falcons were without their starting right tackle, their starting defensive end, their starting linebacker, and their starting quarterback who had a positive COVID test. They were missing a lot of people on that team and a lot of key people, and we just squeaked out a win. What are your thoughts around that? Uh, here's my thought on that piece of it. We squeaked out last week, right? Barkley got hurt, right? Shepard got hurt. Um, we squeaked out again against the Lions, right? They have some people that got hurt, key guys. So what we're finding out is these three games here, Bears has faced some teams that had some um, had some inj- injuries issues. And um, somehow we find a way to plow the win. I thought we made it tougher than it what it should have been. But the thing is, I will credit the Falcons' good defense because the thing is, they played above what they what I expected from them. I mean, you want to ask me, I think they were bullying our team the first half. I mean, our wide receivers getting bullied around, pushed around. I mean, one guy put the, the penalty on A-Rod. I mean, A-Rod was upset and frustrated at that point. So yep. we're, we're starting to see that happening. They were putting together some good plays with their, um, with their defense. They were putting pressure on Mitch. So um, I can't take their defensive efforts away from them. So uh, I'll give them that. Well, yeah, that's a good call-up because that we saw that those DBs, we had a backup DB, uh, Denard, that was bodying up A-Rod. I mean, right. A-Rod was not getting a lot of separation in that first half. And that was coming from a backup. So we saw that. But we also saw that that interior defensive line for the Falcons, they were getting to that. They almost lived in the backfield. When David Montgomery was touching the ball, he had two people in the backfield. I think Jarrett was one of those guys in the backfield living back there for a while. Yeah, Grady Jarrett. Yep. And this is the thing. I love Montgomery. He didn't have like a, a great statistical game. However, he showed you the things that this team fell in love with when they drafted him. He runs in place through contact. He doesn't go down easily as far as basically being tackled. And I really love the, the fact, the way that he finished runs there late in the game. Right. And the thing is, I got to agree with you on that standpoint, because the thing is, the Falcons' game plan was to stop him. If you can look and see how they were playing him, how the defense was shifting up, 
they bring like eight guys up to stop the run. I mean, they were actually on. They really game plan to stop uh, Montgomery, which is something unusual we don't see happen. But I'm kind of glad that um, the Falcons actually showed him that kind of respect, which is good for us to know that, hey, we got a premier running back. This Falcons team showed him his respect by doing this. <laughs> so uh, he was part of their game plan, as you can see. So let's look at some areas that you think that this team can improve upon uh, entering uh, next week's game, week four against the Colts. W- what are some things that you're kind of thinking about as you look at what we saw today? We're going to have to clean up some errors on our offensive line. I will say Massey, Lino, you guys did not do a great job at defending. I'm uh, um, sorry, at uh, protecting the run or also on pass plays. I mean, I've seen a couple plays where Massey got lost and, um, you know, he and uh, even Cole in the background, in the back, were like, who's going, who going to stop who? Who's going to put pressure on who, you know? Um, so we can't have these kind of meltdowns. I saw, you know, uh, Lino get beat a couple times, right, coming off the edge. It caused Mitch to run forward and end up getting sacked. So I'm like, you guys are doing a horrible job uh, protecting our quarterback and also creating some gaps, getting a good push on these guys so we can create some good running holes for uh, Montgomery. As we saw, Montgomery spent a lot of time in that backfield because he couldn't get through, couldn't get right. any yards. And he had to break tackles in the backfield just to get back up to uh, the scrimmage line, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, i got to blame the line for that, man. So we had to clean that up going against the coast. And they got some guys over at the, on the coast. Yeah, no kidding. And we'll definitely get into that later in the episode. I, I, I think when I look at that, too, I'm getting ready to go in on our buddy Charles Leno. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, so he had a couple penalties in the game, but we saw he gave up a lot of pressures. Yep. And I'm just going to say this, man. When you, like, when you watch the film on Leno, he's got size. He has all of the, the ability to be a, a good, solid left tackle. However, he just seems to just something's not clicking with him. And he seems to be lazy. There's something going on with him. And I just need to see more out of a, of a starting left tackle in this league that's supposed to be protecting our quarterback's blind side. I agree. And uh, if he doesn't do a good job of protecting that line, Juan Castillo probably looking at making some changes <laughs> if you don't get it right. Man, I don't know what they're going to do. I think, honestly, man, my fear, A-Dub, is they're going to have to keep trotting them out there because I'm like looking at our depth chart at tackle and I'm like, Huh, he may be like the best option that we have right now. <laughs> yeah, and that ain't saying much. <laughs> right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you and I on the same page with that for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you said all the offensive line. I, I, I could definitely see that, man. I think uh, when we look ahead to to the next matchup, I look at the offensive line as being one area, but another area that we haven't tackled too much yet, and I'm sure we're gonna get into it a lot. It's going to be the way we got gashed against the run. So we saw that Todd Gurley and Brian Hill were running at, at will against us, right? And we've right. seen all season how we've let running backs just gash us. We saw Adrian Peterson look like he returned you know, to the Fountain of Youth in week one. Right. And we're really missing Eddie Goldman in the middle. And I know a lot of people don't really talk about Eddie Goldman, but he was a very unappreciated player that we had at this team because Eddie Goldman was quiet just did his job, but we're really missing him because he was really good at taking up blockers and freeing up the lanes for those inside linebackers to make plays. And those are the guys that now I want to focus on because in today's game, Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith did not show up. Those guys have to step up. Danny Trevathan is either out of shape or he's washed or a combination of the two. 
But I'm just not seeing enough out of him. I'm seeing him in coverage still being a liability, A-Dub. And then Roquan just looked lost out there instinctually. What, what did you think when it came to those two guys? I've been on those two guys throughout this entire season, really. Uh, I know we're going three games in, but I was worried about those guys coming into the season, and I'm still worried about them now. Um, here's the deal. Roquan Smith had a good game last, last week, right, uh, with being all over the place last week. Not the same way today. Trevathan, we've been talking about him for the past two weeks. We're talking about him now, right? He just haven't looked good at all this season. And uh, how he played today was no different than how he played last week. Um, a lot of can't keep up in coverage. Um, can't do that. And then, two, he's not doing a good job at stopping the run. As you know, Quinn and Mac, they always come off the edges, right? So that means our middle is where we're looking for our linebacks to be able to shoot those holes and gaps. And Raekwon and Trevathan today didn't do a good job at stopping the run through those gaps and through those holes. It's just like Trevathan. Trevathan was like maybe two or three steps behind on those plays in the same way it was last week. So he's going to have to be able to understand how to read these defensive plays, man. I mean, these offensive plays if you want to continue to stay in that, in that position. Yeah, absolutely, man. And the thing about this, I mean, we touched on this last episode, but last week's game, we saw Deion Bush came in on certain passing downs and situations to help out in coverage. Right, yep. We even saw in today's game, well, uh, the backup inside linebacker, Iggy, I didn't know why he was in the damn game. He got beat. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> didn't take long, right? Didn't it did not. <laughs> But, you know, and so that's what we're seeing. And even you brought up the point last episode how Eddie Jackson is cheating up a little bit to kind of help out in coverage as well. Right. You know, we, we got to have Danny Trevathan return back to the Danny Trevathan from last season when he played at a high level. Because if you have all these guys that are having to compensate for him, then that means that they're going to be out of position to do their job. And that may have happened on that first play with Ridley getting that catch, right? Because I was wondering if um, Eddie Jackson tried to cheat a little bit and got beat because he thought of maybe because it was a play action, I believe, play action fake, whatever, that caused that Ridley play to, to open up. So maybe he thought, hey, it's a run play, didn't quite see it, and then, you know, a pass came in the air. I could definitely see that. So, yeah, man, I, we just need to see more out of the inside linebacker position. Those guys, to me, underperformed today. Um, anybody else that you that you want to circle it, add on that underperforming situation before we move on in this segment? Well, I think we also could have done a better job today. And you know I got to go this route because I love him. It's your guy for sure. You've been talking about him, you know, uh, the past few weeks. He thought he just stepped his game up anyhow. I'm going to go Miller. Two catches for 41 yards, a touchdown, of course, but he also dropped the touchdown. He yep. had five targets, and it seems like at times, Franks, he just can't get it right. Then that time for us, he can't get it right. So it's too inconsistent. I was yep. still disappointed today. He had a catch, great, but a good touchdown. But the thing is, you dropped the one as well. So um, can we get some consistency from you? You know, um, that's what I need to see. Anthony Miller's can't get right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Real, man. I was going to say, man, he's got all the talent in the world. Natural ability, he's got it. However, <laughs> when it comes down to just being in the right position, running the correct routes, making catches, you know, because it, it, sometimes to me it seems like the easy catches he doesn't make, but then those tough, like, acrobatic catches, he's all about those. Right, exactly, man. I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> man, Anthony Miller, stop doing this to us. We believe killing in you, me. bro. You killing kill me, man. Yeah, you killing me, small. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, hey, Dub, who do you give your offensive game ball to in this ball game, man? I went ahead and give it to um, Foles. I mean, he came in, he had, what, three TDs, 
in four minutes and 27 seconds. That's awesome to have. I mean, he's a big part of our comeback. We scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's a big part of all that. So uh, I will say he had what? He was 16 for 29, 188 yards, three TDs, one interception. I think he also may have gotten sacked in that game as well. I thought he, our offense would be good with him uh, back there. And he should have had five touchdowns, really, because, again, that, that bad call from the ref that caused overturn for A-Rob's touchdown, and then Miller missed that one end zone. So should have had five TDs versus three. Bro, it's hard to argue with that game ball because, I mean, let's just be honest, bro. He came off the bench, cold, got the job done. I'm sure he didn't get a lot of reps this week in practice, but right. he was ready, right? Absolutely. And to your point that you made in some earlier episodes, that's why you signed a guy like Nick Foles, right? Uh, Correct. A guy like that that knows the offense and can come in and do what he did today. So, Nick Foles, salute to you. You took the job from my buddy, Mitch. Uh, I'm assuming that if uh, if Foles stays healthy, we've probably seen the last, the last of Mitch in the Bears uniform. Just, just my opinion. We'll see. I mean, it could be up and down season. We don't know, right? We don't know if Foles come out and have a good game next week. We don't know what we hope so, right? So, yeah. It's going to be a battle. Yeah, but I, I would expect that he'll probably be the week four starter. I mean, would you would you agree with that at least? He should be. I, I agree with that. He should be the week four starter. Well, when I look at the offensive game ball for me, I have to give it to A-Rob. No okay. disrespect to no, no disrespect to Foles. Okay. Great, okay. great, great game. But I thought that A-Rob made the play of the game because that touchdown that he had on that 35-yard reception, the, 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 you know, the catch and run. Yeah. I thought that kick started everything like you brought up earlier in the conversation. Mm-hmm. A-Rob had 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. And I thought that he redeemed himself very well from that 50-50 ball that he lost to Denard in the end zone. But I would just say, honestly, A-Rob, he showed today why he's a, a number one receiver in this league. His effort for a majority of the game that we were down was awesome. He was running routes hard. He was blocking with a chip on his shoulder. and I hope that the Bears reward this guy because the reason why I'm assuming why he has been positioning and campaigning for an extension is because what happened to Tariq Cohen today. These guys, these guys play a very violent and dangerous game, and they want to have security. And I'm sure A-Rob, who's already had a torn ACL in his injury history, wants to be taken care of financially. And I think that the Bears and him, and their, they need to come to some sort of common ground to get this deal done so it's not hanging over our season. Oh, I understand that part. I mean, he had 13 targets today. So 13 targets, 10 catches. That shows that, hey, our um, quarterbacks are looking for him. So he's durable. They can roll with him. And uh, he's our targets. So he's going to get the bulk of our targets. So I think we should pay the guy. But one thing I am disappointed with him on is that we have two weeks in a row. You're fighting this fight <laughs> on the ball. And you lose on both battles. <laughs> so I'm Talk calling to out. Talk I'm to calling him. out. I'm calling you out, A Rob. That can't happen three weeks in a row, bro. Hey, look, not not, not next week, man, and not against the Colts. That's 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 twice. I'm not look, I'm not looking over that. You can't let that happen. Knock it down, get stronger, whatever you gotta do. Make sure no one take the ball out your hands again. And I want our listeners to realize on this podcast, we are Bears fans, but we are gonna hold these guys accountable. And A dub is correct. This is now two weeks in a row, A-Rob, that you did not come up with that ball in that 50-50 play. And if you want to be a top 10 receiver in this league, those are plays that you have to take and you have to take advantage of. Absolutely. You can't have a second string, a quarterback bullying you and getting the ball from you. Can't have it at all, brother. Not, No, sir. Can't have it at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who do you give your defensive game ball to, A-Dub? You know what? There's a couple of options here who I could have given it to. I mean, you got Hicks, you have Mack. I decided to go with Hicks this time from around. You know, he had four total tackles, 1.5 sacks, and he also had um, five quarterback hits. I mean, he was putting pressure on that quarterback. He, and along with Hicks, I'm sorry, he along with Mack were putting that pressure out there. But I gave it to Hicks because I, I like what I saw from him, you know? Because, again, you put five hits on the quarterback, he's not thinking the same when that ball comes out of his hands. <laughs> he's trying to get rid of it a little bit sooner. Um, and um, anything can happen with that when you're doing that. And that's a good point, man, because the one thing, too, when you look at Hicks, when he started putting pressure up the middle on Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan had to kind of pump fake a bit before he started passing the ball. And you notice that his effectiveness started to go down because in the first half of the game, when Matt Ryan had time to throw, he was picking us apart. But when Hicks was able to get some pressure on him, you saw a different Matt Ryan back there. And so Absolutely. that's a good that's a good call out. Yes, sir. I went with uh, Khalil Mack. There's a lot of fans out there that have been giving Khalil Mack a lot of slander on Twitter. You guys know who you are. And if you listen to this podcast, listen to prayers real quick on this. Watch the All-22 tape. You'll see that Khalil Mack is one of the most premier pass rushers in his league. The guy gets held. He faces double teams and triple teams. And I'm sorry, but Robert Quinn was on a milk carton today, and Khalil Mack still got the job done. Khalil Mack had five tackles, had a half sack. He would have had another sack if not for a rough in the passer penalty that I thought was questionable that went against Mario Edwards. But Khalil Mack all day long in this game was putting pressure on Matt Ryan, chasing him out of the pocket. This guy is a bad man. He's showing me a lot from a leadership standpoint. I'm seeing him being more vocal with the team. You saw him over there talking to Mitch after Mitch was benched. We're seeing a lot more out of Khalil Mack than we've seen since he's been a bear. And so for me, I give my defensive game ball to Khalil Mack. I'm not mad at that decision there because you know what? Mack probably is one of the top two guys in the league with putting pressure on a quarterback. A lot of people don't look at that because they don't look at that particular stat. Everyone looks at the, the sacks, the tackles, and, and things of that nature. But pressure is a big part of the game, <laughs> if you didn't know that. And Mack is one of the best at doing that. So to you fans, make sure you take a look at the pressure that Mack is putting on these quarterbacks because that is a game changer. It's definitely a game changer. One other thing that I wanted to touch on, man, before we move on to our uh, our preview of the Week 4 matchup against the Colts, I wanted to talk about the fact of what's happening with our defense against the running game. So I obviously brought up the fact that I thought that we miss Eddie Goldman tremendously. We see that Snacks Harrison is available in free agency. And I saw on Twitter that he mentioned that he was going to be visiting the Seattle Seahawks and that he planned on meeting with the Bears after the fact. Now, if for some reason he gets away from that Seattle visit without getting an offer, the Bears better not let that guy leave Hallis Hall. We need somebody to shore up that defensive tackle position, and maybe we can see those inside linebackers return back to being productive players. What do you think about a guy like a Snacks Harrison, and do you think that he would be a fit on this defense? I think he'll be a fit with us for sure. You know, uh, we can use the help right now, as you can see, because what it's done right now without having someone at that area, it has exposed Trevathan. I think Trevathan is getting exposed because of that reason alone. And um, once you, again, you get someone like that who can, you know, clog up, put more pressure on the quarterback, stop some of those runs, because I think he's pretty good at stopping the run, that opened up things for guys like Trevathan to be a little bit more effective. So without having him, it makes things a little difficult for us. So I think that'll be a good pickup for the Bears if we make that decision. Brian Pace, do your damn job. Get it done. We need him. And right now we have a team that should not be 3-0. But however, at the same time, we could very well be 0-3, but we're not. 
So right. we're going to enjoy this dub. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'll take it. That's right. So, A-Dub, looking ahead to the week four matchup against the Colts, how you feeling about it, man? What, what's, your, what's your thoughts? That's going to be a tough matchup. We thought going against, you know, uh, the Falcons was tough. I think it's going to be even tougher against the Colts. I mean, they have a very good quarterback in Phillip Rivers. Uh, they have, uh, you know, uh, Ali Cox has been a big part of their offense this year. Uh, they have uh, T.Y. Hilton, who hasn't had a breakout game yet, but he's still very effective. Uh, they even have a good rookie. Uh, I think he's a rookie running back, Taylor. I mean, he's been awesome for them this year. So catching the ball and also running it. So uh, that team is a, uh, pretty much a complete team. I mean, you even have some defensive weapons as well. So uh, that's something you probably touch on probably yourself. But uh, I like what I see from the Colts. And that's going to be a good matchup with them against us because they're not going to give us anything. They're going to be entering our matchup two and one. Uh, they beat the the Jets today, which I mean, they're supposed to beat the Jets. The Jets are who they are, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the one thing that I wanted to touch on with this matchup is the fact that the last time that we played the Colts was back in 2016 when Andrew Luck was the quarterback before you know obviously he retired. But Chuck Pagano, Chuck Strong, he was right. the coach of the Colts at that time. Absolutely. And they beat us 29 to 23. We had trash ass Brian Hoyer at the quarterback position for us. And you spoke about T.Y. Hilton. In that game, T.Y. Hilton scored a late touchdown to win the game for them. So when I look at this matchup, I am concerned because they not only have a quarterback in Phillip Rivers that's an upgrade over uh, Jacoby Brissett, but as you mentioned, they have a rookie running back, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, that runs the ball hard. He's a hell of a ball player. He ran for 100 yards and had a touchdown. So this is a guy that we have to keep our eye on. Also, this Colts offensive line. Absolutely. Last season, they were a top three unit, and they're led by Quentin Nelson. He will put you on your ass. I'm telling you, A-Dub, that matchup between him and Hakeem Hicks, I can't wait for that battle. That's going to be a good battle, man. That's going to be – I mean, you're talking about primetime battle. Um, you know, you talk about those battles between um, – you're looking at the best quarterbacks. I'm sorry, best wide receivers. I mean, who it was? You had uh, Rice going against um, Deion. Deion Sanders, right? You yep. look at that. This is what this is going to be a big time heavyweight battle right here with these two guys. And you know, either way, both guys, whoever gets an advantage over the other one, they, they gonna have to earn it. You know, at the end of the day. So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Look at earn this. One one thing that I want to just touch on, like just real quick about Philip Rivers. So obviously Philip Rivers, he's probably at the end part of his career here, but you know this is his last chance to to have some uh, you know some deep success in playoffs. You know for the Colts, which I think that's a team that made a lot of good moves this offseason. Um, and I thought Philip Rivers was a good piece for them, but I read where Philip Rivers has nine kids. A dub. Wow, <laughs> wow. Bro. I'm like, man, how you, first of all, how you keep up on all those names? And then two, his wife is the real MVP of that household, bro. She has to be. I'll give it to her right now. Man, Philip Rivers, leave your wife alone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> man, somebody's been working, man. He's been putting in work. <laughs> man. Oh, man. But I will say this, little A-Dub. Uh, he was worth the gamble for the Colts because I think that he gave them a piece that they were missing. and. Our listeners, you guys might not know this, but Philip Rivers has familiarity with his head coach, Frank Wright, and some of the staff from their time together with the Chargers. So I think that gives them a lot of cohesiveness going into this season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Another point they have as well, they defense, man. They don't have a, a bad defense. You know, they got some guys over there like uh, Darius Leonard. 
Those guys, oh, man, yeah. they, they he's hit, a, He's man. a beast. He's a yeah, beast. They over there hit, man. So um, we got we got our hands full with this team. There's no walking apart, no cakewalk. We got to play both ends of the, of, of the field, defense and offense, to beat this team. And they're well coached. They are. They are definitely well coached. And also, too, as you, you mentioned that the defense, they also uh, traded for DeFore- DeForest Buckner in right. the offseason. And he's all pro. And Absolutely. not only did they trade for him, but they gave him a contract extension that made him the second highest uh, de- defensive tackle in football. And one thing for our listeners to realize, now, we talked about earlier in this episode how our interior offensive line struggled with uh, Grady Jarrett. Well, right. now we got Buckner coming in here. And this guy's got 19 sacks in the last two seasons. Yeah, he was critical for the 49ers, man. Very yes. critical. So that guy is going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, for real. So these guys on our offensive line, they better step their game up or get ready because this guy's not going to hold anything back. He's going to take every inch he can get from us. Another thing to bring about with this matchup, and I hate to pick on you, Trey Burton, but he's on IR again. That's what we saw with him when he was a bear. Never available when we needed him. <laughs> right. <laughs> the same situation. The same situation. So as you, as all our listeners know, and A-Dub, you can call me out on this too. I was not a fan of the Jimmy Graham signing. I thought he was overpaid. But however, Jimmy Graham has been available. He produced today. He did. He pulled the show, man. 60 yards, two touchdowns. We'll take it, man. And I'm glad he was able to get involved in the offense. I think I shared this with you maybe the last couple episodes that we need to get our tight ends more involved in the offense. It was good to see him involved more, as you can see on the goal line plays. You know, anything in the red zone, who was involved with it. So they were looking for him. So I'll take that. Looking at this matchup, I think the the matchup that I really want to key in on, uh, A-Dub, is going to probably be T.Y. Hilton going against Kyle Fuller. And I would say Kyle Fuller has been playing at an all-pro level all season. He had another great game today in coverage. I mean, Kyle Fuller, man, he, I mean, what more can you say about the guy? I mean, he is who he is. He's a hell of a ball player. But I think when I look at that matchup to uh, next week against T.Y., that's going to be a key matchup for us. Yeah, we cannot let uh, T.Y. Hilton get off the top. And the thing is, I want to see how they run their offense a little bit more because I want to see what they're going to do. Are they going to have them really run out there um, and try to get behind the, the safeties? So I think uh, with that, we're going to see if we're going to keep Fuller on him or we're going to go to the zone matchup again that we've been doing the past couple of weeks. So we'll see because what that zone means is guys like Eddie Jackson going to get a, ta- get a chance to um, go against them a little bit as well. But the one thing with T.Y. Hilton for our listeners to, to be aware of is he's actually struggled a bit early on in the season with drops. He's had some really bad drops in some of these games. He dropped a deep ball in the end zone that was landed right in his hands. I saw the replay of it, and I'm like, damn, bro, that was right in your hands. And then after the game, his coach tried to help him out and say, well, the sun got in his eyes. And I'm like, man, you got to catch that, bro. <laughs> right, exactly. No excuses on that. Hit your hands, catch it. Yes, sir. You got to catch that bad boy. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, Doug, what Bears player are you looking at next week that you like, hey, it's going to be the key uh, to us basically winning this ballgame? Um, there's going to be a couple of keys out there for this ballgame, as you know, against the Colts. Um, the one thing I, w- I would like to see, I would like to see um, um, Miller and A-Rob really take off against this, uh, against this unit, that secondary. Uh, they can make some good plays, some big plays. I think that sets up our running game very well because, as you know, Montgomery's going to be part of the game plan. They're looking to stop him. So if they can stop the run, we have to be the pass. So with that, I'm looking for A-Rob and uh, Miller to really make some things happen. So I, again, you, I've been looking out for that breakout game from Miller as well, and I haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping that Miller can be the, the, the star of, of our next game. 
Yeah, you know what? That's a good one, bro, because we still haven't seen it. You know, as you brought up earlier in the episode, how you hadn't seen Mitch play a complete game. We haven't seen that from Anthony Miller either. Exactly. And in today's ball game, you saw A-Rob show you why he's a number one receiver. He basically played a complete game. You know, Sands the play in the end zone, which A-Rob, you know, we need you to do better. However, Anthony Miller, we need to see more out of you, brother. Come on. Come on. Absolutely. Come, come to the front of the congregation, man. We need to talk to you. Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I think it has to be David Montgomery. I think okay. that we need, we need David Montgomery to help take some of that pressure off of, of Foles, but also keep the defense off of the field. I saw a lot of the defensive players. I don't know if you noticed this, A-Dub. Those guys were huffing and puffing. And Keem Hicks looked like he was getting ready to have an asthma attack. We have to keep these guys fresh. We have to run the ball, take some time off of the clock. And I'm really getting tired of Nagy with these first half drives where they're trying to claim that they're going to come down and try to score. But we're running off like 10 to 15 seconds off the clock and we're giving the opposing team all this time to drive down the field and we're playing that bend but don't break defense and guys are just getting chunk plays against us. We got to right. clean that stuff up. I agree 100%. And I think that's part of play calling from the defensive coordinators as well. That, hey, Pagano, we got to call some good plays, man. Keep the pressure up. Do not let up, you know. And um, that's the way we get the lead and keep the lead. So when we start going to these zone matchups, long plays, that's when these guys start to tear us apart. So we got to be very careful about that. And then on the offensive side of it, as you mentioned, around uh, run plays, uh, we can't be predictable, man. I think our run game is so predictable right now that any defense can see it coming. And that was easy for um, the Falcons to see it coming today where they were able to stop um, in the backfield to stop um, Montgomery in the backfield because of that. So we got to clean that up a little bit. And it's going to take more than just the line to do that. It's going to take also play calling as well. And that's not being predictable. What's your uh, score prediction for week four, man? Uh, week four, I believe it's going to be a game where we may have, what, 24 points. They're probably going to have around 20. So I think the game is going to look something like that. 24-20 okay. Bears. Okay. I'm going to go 28 to 20. I think also like similar to you, I think it's going to be a very close game, very physical game. But I think with your boy Foles out there, I think if we can run the ball effectively, I trust him to make enough plays for us to win the ball game. Right. And also, let's see also if uh, Foles can have a complete game because we haven't had a quarterback yet to have a complete game. So let's see if that can happen. That's a good point now because before we anoint Nick Foles as that, that, that one, we only saw him do stuff in one quarter of this football game. Well, right. it was awesome, but it was still only one quarter of the game. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And uh, before we get out of here, man, I wanted to read some of our fan reactions to you to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we had some really good ones this week. The first one I wanted to read to you comes from the notorious CMG. And this one cracked me up. He said, I don't know how in the blue hell we are 3-0. and he said, seeing Mitch on the sideline was the saddest thing. He said, then Foles gets his dick out and starts slapping him across the face with it. There's just so much going on right now. Crying emoji. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a lot of uh, message right there. But um, one thing I will say that I agree with them on the fact that uh, we could easily be 0-3. I mean, the first two games we saw, first game, uh, the Lions coughed up a play where the guy caught the ball in the end zone and dropped it. We also saw uh, where um, the Giants didn't have enough time, you know, on the clock to really come back to win that game. So uh, we didn't do anything that second half of the game, last game. And then this game here, right, um, Quinn, the, the coach of uh, the Falcons, made a bad decision with throwing the ball more than running it. So uh, it turns out that it gave us enough opportunities to come back to take this game here. So with that, we've been lucky uh, from that standpoint. And also these same teams we face also had injuries. So we're lucky with that part as well. So we could easily be 
0-3, but I will take 3-0 right now. Oh, here's the next one that came from at Daniela Espo. And she says, whether you agree with the move or not, bitching Mitch took some big cojones. That's not a play it safe attitude. Got to respect it. I agree 100% with that because you know what? A lot of fans are probably looking and wondering, oh, why bench Mitch? He didn't have a bad game. Why do it, you know? But guess what? Mitch didn't have a good game either. So, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, if you look about it, you know, we need some guys, we need some throwing, um, some, some more throwing um, some catches out there, someone to throw the ball. And with that, we saw that Mitch wasn't getting the job done. The long plays, the big bombs, Mitch cannot land those. So we needed somebody to come in and make those big plays, big plays, big passes. And it took a lot of guts for Mitch, for um, Nagy to say, you know what, I'm going to pull Mitch and go with uh, Foles, you know, out of this whole time frame. So looking at, even look at the past couple of games when it came down to uh, Mitch, he hasn't had any great game at all. He had that one fourth quarter, right, to beat the Lions. He had um, you know, the second game against, uh, the, uh, against the Giants. He had that first half. So really, you can see he has not put together, you know, a good game. And then we saw an interception this game in the second half that had that Nagy said, that's enough. We're going to go ahead and go a different direction because, like you said earlier, we should have scored more points in the first half than we did. Yeah, we left too many points on the on the field. So, yeah, right. no, de- definitely, that's a great call out. Uh, our next fan reaction came from at that MTL girl. And she says, can't handle these games on a weekly basis, LOL. <laughs> I like that one because, you know what, you're going through the motions as well. And these games have you holding your seats tight. Um, you're like, oh, what are we going to do? Are we going to win this game? Are we going to lose it? It's coming down to the wire. They got time. We got time. What are we going to do? We need a big play here, big play there to get back in this game. And a lot of these games have been very close. So you're with, I'm, with, I'm with her. Uh, these games have been so close that uh, you don't know what's going to happen. You just got to watch the game and, and pray that we get the victory, which we have, which makes us 3-0. Absolutely. The last uh, one that I wanted to read to you, and this one, this one really uh, <laughs> had me uh, cracking up when I was uh, when I was reading uh, through to it. So, as you probably could imagine, there was a lot of emotion on Bears Twitter when uh, when Nagy made the decision to pull uh, Mitch from the ball game, right? Right. So, so our buddy, the Collins way, who we've uh, talked about on the on the podcast before, who's a who's a Mitch fan, so. He's been very strong in his defense of Mitch, which I respect, right? I respect someone right. that, that stands they're firm in their conviction. However, <laughs> after uh, Nick Foles did what he did in the ballgame today, the Collinsway says, I'm such a fan already. Gave Foles a new nickname. Let's go. Okay. And so, <laughs> and so at Lady Bear 83, she called him out. She said, change your heart so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well. What I'll say to that, man, is, um, you know, when, when Foles lost the job, you know, everyone heard that, uh, you know, Mitch got the job. A lot of fans probably thought that, hey, Mitch got the job because he was so much better than uh, Foles. That's not the entire truth, you know. Part of it was the fact that, you know, uh, it was uh, chemistry, again, with uh, Nagy and, and Mitch, and also the fact that, uh, you know, Nagy has never called plays for um, Foles, even though in their history. So um, that would been a change right there. So with um, Foles coming out and doing well, it shows that, hey, we're going to support any of our quarterbacks. They're going to do a good job for us. We're going to get behind them. So I want to thank the fan for saying, hey, you know what? Good job, Foles. Uh, saluting Foles for, for a good job today. Hey, we're not switching on Mitch. It's just that, hey, Nick Foles got the job done. We're going to roll whoever out there getting the job done. And, and I think that's an important point to make, A-Dub, because obviously you know I'm a huge Mitch fan. I love Mitch as a guy. 
Right. And I, I wanted him to be successful. But however, and I mentioned this earlier, he got a lot of opportunities. So no one can say that Mitch didn't get a chance. He got chances. Um, and so right now we have to put our our uh, our fandom, we have to put it behind Foles. If Foles is the QB one, we got to ride with Foles. And I just think that that's the way it needs to be. Absolutely. Until Foles started making some major mistakes, then guess what? Now you hear about it, the fans will hear from us about it. So either way it goes, if he's doing well, we're riding with him. The last fan reaction I, I wanted to touch on comes from our, our buddy, uh, fan of the podcast, True Biscuits and Gravy. So I basically asked uh, Twitter today, I said, hey, what are your thoughts on this first half? And he said, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful for a second half turnaround. Don't ask me why. Blind hope. He said, same shit, different day. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been seeing this whole thing, tells of two halves, right? That's two games in a row we saw last week and the week before. The tell of two halves. And again, it's like, okay, we didn't have a great half this time frame. Um, hopefully, we're going to have a good second half, right? Because again, we've been back and forth with these halves. So he's hoping for a good one. What he probably didn't know was that, hey, guess who's coming to rescue right now? Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles coming to rescue the, the Bears right now, which Nick Foles came in and did an excellent job. So we'll take the 188 yards with three TDs any day. Absolutely. Absolutely. But man, but before we get out of here, I wanted to congratulate um, our Twitter follower uh, at Sarah Carter 22. She won our uh, Devin Hester uh, football, the autographed football giveaway that we did. Uh, congratulations to you, Sarah. You should probably receive your football tomorrow. Uh, so congratulations to you. Our listeners of this podcast will be running another contest in October. So definitely, you know, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, we definitely want to keep things interactive with our fans and listeners of this podcast. We appreciate you guys for the support. A-Dub, go ahead and sign us off, brother. Thanks for listening to the Very Centrist Podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. On next week's episode, we will recap the week four matchup against the Colts. Bear Nation, come bear down with us. Peace.